What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 34 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Happy Hanukkah and shouts to Body Armor. Combo Nation, we are out here. Today's showman, Scoop B, returns to Combo's Court. Always great to have Scoop on the show. He's very informed on what's going on around the NBA. Has some very reliable sources, so he's going to keep us up to date. Shouts to Scoop. Make sure you go follow Scoop on Twitter at Scoop B. Follow him on IG at Scoop underscore B. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, write on your Apple Podcast app. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Let's get into it. Scoop. What's up, Chief? How are you? Man, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing very well. There's an isolated island off the coast of India, right? And these people, mm-hmm. are, these people are virtually uncontacted, so they don't know what's going out in the outside world. They don't even—they probably don't even know New York City exists. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there was there was this missionary, um, a guy trying to, from what I know, convert them to Christianity, and they shot him through—they shot him full of bows, uh, and he passed away. What are your thoughts on all this, man? That bow and arrow uh, situation is no joke, man. But in all seriousness, um. Media is is a very powerful tool. I mean, you and I are both basketball guys. Uh, right. Like broadcasting it, playing it, or just being fans of the game. Uh, we had to learn who Michael Jordan was from somewhere. And right. uh, we had through media, whether it's our friends, whether it's our family. And um, that being said, um, whenever you are secluded from media, you're allowed to be within your habitat and learn what's going on. Like I use this example all the time. You know, my my first knowledge of celebrities was my uncle. My uncle was a celebrity to me. We ran a business. We ran, you know, multiple businesses, sneaker stores, et cetera. And, you know, I got introduced somewhere in between to basketball through, you know, my uncles and, and my stepfather and all those other things. But to me, people in the community were the celebrities. People in the community were, you know, pillars in community. And so uh, that concept I can kind of relate to because uh, nobody is being exposed to different things. You know, coming from a Christian background, um, the Bible verse that sticks out is to be in this world, but not of this world. And I think right. times when you are secluded from certain things, I don't think you should be overly secluded because I think once you get the opportunity to be around certain media, you kind of over uh, consume. But I do think that their their processes, it, it seems it seems uh, it seems logical, particularly, you know, like when I went to college in the Philly area, uh, I was around not too far from. Amish town, like, or at least in the state of Pennsylvania, people would tell me how the Amish live. I don't think it's to that extreme uh, compared to right. But I do think when you monitor what, what goes in and what goes out, uh, that you're onto something there. Right, right. And uh, it's just so amazing to me that in 2018, there are a group of people like this that va- virtually have no contact to the outside world. I find it amazing. Yeah, it, it is amazing, man. I think that um, today's day and age where there's social media um, and more, it's hard to be shielded from it, but yeah. I, you know, like I remember when I was a kid, I went to the sleepaway uh, Christian camp in upstate New York, and one of the right. rules we got there was you couldn't have laptops, you couldn't have CD players, you couldn't have cell phones, and you had to check them at the door. And we slept right. in cabins, like right, in in the summertime. And I remember I wasn't giving up my computer, and I wasn't giving up my CD player, and I was definitely listening to DJ Clue mixtapes at nighttime when everybody's supposed to be asleep. Shout out to Clue. And, uh, <laughs> 
our good friend Clue. But you know, like at the end of the day, I do think that um, there aren't everybody who totally follows that rule. There's, there's always that one or two or three. Man, I wanted to bring it to basketball, man. Uh, Markel Fultz, man, I, I, I've never seen anything like this. They, they said he was healthy. Now it seems like it might be something going on upstairs. We really don't know. He's on his way to see a specialist in New York, supposedly. You know, it was just back and forth, and there's not a lot of communication seemingly between Markel, the front office, and the media. It's like everything's misconstrued, and we don't really even know what's going on with Markel. It's just an interesting situation. And Honestly, I think a year from now, the kid is going to be all right, and we're not even going to be thinking about it. That's my personal belief. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I don't know if you know, um, but I have been reporting on the Markel Fultz uh, situation. I reported a couple of weeks ago uh, that associated with me uh, that Markel Fultz was in some type of uh, motor- motorcycle or BMX uh, accident uh, sometime between uh, the draft and – or rather, let me take that back – sometime between the summer league uh, and the preseason. And uh, if you look at the situation, I think the situation with Markel Fultz was so not necessarily handling the best way because of his inner circle. Um, if you recall, Raymond Brothers, who doubles as both his uh, agent as well as his attorney, uh, came out early on last season and said that there was some fluid that was drained from his shoulder. And then he came back and said that wasn't the case. And then you saw this summer, uh, Drew Hanlon, uh, with his shooting coach, kind of helped him uh, restructure that jumper. Uh, I've never seen anybody a couple of weeks ago. You saw him at the free throw line and it looked like he was pump faking free throws. That's crazy. Uh, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. No, no, not at all. And I think what's even more intriguing uh, is just, uh, you know, Raymond brothers came out last week as reported by the athletics. David Aldridge uh, said that uh, Raymond, that rather uh, Markel Fultz will not participate in any games practices or anything. Uh, until this situation is resolved, and he was seeing a spe- he was seeing multiple specialists in Manhattan up until yesterday, uh, and, and trying to figure out what's going on. And um, no reports uh, post that has come out yet. But more than anything, um, Philadelphia is, is is like New York is a lot of pressure playing the Northeast City. You're the number one pick out of Washington, and um, you know you, you can't produce. It, it's it's disheartening to see. Uh, I talked to Zach Levine in Chicago Bulls a month ago and told me that he thought that this would be Markel Fultz's year. And now uh, with Jimmy Butler there, it, it, it pushes him further down on the death chart. It seems seemingly everybody likes him there. Uh, they're all, they all want to see him do well, everybody in the organization, including Jimmy Butler. And on top of that, his trade value probably isn't that high right now. Is, is there anybody, what, what could they get for Markel Fultz if they even wanted to trade him? Well, up until uh, Wednesday, uh, there were reports surfacing that, um, J.R. Smith and, and Kyle Korver uh, could have been in the mix for uh, Markel Fultz. Of course, uh, yesterday, uh, Kyle Korver was shipped to a former team, the Utah Jazz, uh, in a trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's kind of out the window. Um, I, I've heard Phoenix as an option, particularly because Phoenix has such tradable young assets on that team. Um, and they're a young team that's going to only get better over the next couple of years if they keep that core of DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker together. Um, but I, I think more than anything, um, you know, there was a report that came out by Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer over the weekend who said that um, that Markel Fultz was not in the immediate plans. And uh, Philadelphia 76ers head coach Brett Brown uh, shut that down. I said on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philly that the, those, those talks are inaccurate. Um, so, you know, I think his trade value – um, some may say has gone down because you see video and you don't really know what's going on and kind of those procedures in, in Manhattan kind of may give folks an in-depth look of what, what's wrong with him if anything is wrong. Yeah, we really don't know if it's mental or if it's physical. It's like 
kind of up in the air right now. I think Kyle Korver would have been such a great fit for the Sixers. They definitely need another shooter. He was shipped to Utah. I guess Utah is looking to get some more veterans. Do you feel teams like Utah will seek veterans now that there's kind of a vulnerability at the top? Um, we saw some problems with the Warriors. Boston is definitely not coming to a great start. Do you see some of these teams like being blood? Yeah, I think, but I think with Utah, I mean, as we're recording this uh, podcast now, um, Utah and the and the Cleveland Cavaliers made a trade. Utah uh, in the NBA standings is in 13th place, 10 and 12, uh, 4 and 6 in their last 10. Um, I, I think that they really started that youth process, or rather that veteran process, and getting Jay Crowder uh, on that team. Um, you know, you, you have Joe Inglis who can shoot the lights out, um, and you're trying to surround that team uh, with with viable uh, veterans to surround themselves around Donovan Mitchell, uh, who should have been the rookie of the year last year. We won't talk about that today. Uh, but <laughs> when you look at just the Utah Jazz and what they were able to overcome, very impressive that they beat uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs last year. But, you know, you, you look further up in the Western Conference, um, uh, they can legitimately go back. I mean, you look at tenth, the 10th tenth spot. Minnesota Timberwolves are 11-11. They've, they've won four straight, 7-3 uh, in their last 10, um, and, and have really done well post-Jimmy Butler trade. And, and the emergence of Derrick Rose continuing to be consistent uh, and a potential most improved play of the year candidate. So when you look at further up in the standings, the the, the margin of, of, of uh, records is not that great. I mean, the, the Portland Trailblazers are 13-8, and eight, uh, definitely 10 three-pointers the other night, a uh, record set by Damian Lillard. But last week, the Blazers were in first place. Now the Clippers, 14-6, and 8-2 uh, in their last 10, won three straight. Now they're in the, in the first seed. And now you look at the Warriors. Steph Curry's coming back on Saturday. Uh, and and, and uh, he'll play after dealing with some things. They've dealt with some drama. And now you, you're probably going to see the Warriors make a run, man. They've won three straight. 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Now they can cohesively find a, a rhythm with Draymond once he's healthy, Kevin Durant, uh, Steph Curry, and more. Clay Thompson as well. You don't want to leave him out. So, you know, when, if, you, if, if I'm Utah, I'm trying to find a way to kind of uh, see if teams like the Thunder, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, uh, and even the Dallas Mavericks, who quietly um, knocked out some teams like the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. If I'm Utah, I'm looking to see if I can match up with some of these guys because I think the first 20 games of the season is really people finding their identity and where they stand in the standings. And, and to be honest with you, the Eastern Conference is playing much better brand of basketball right now than the Western Conference. Yeah, no, they definitely are. The East definitely stepped it up. And I think with Houston and uh, the Warriors taking a slight step back, it, it looks like the Warriors will get back on track. It looks like it's more even between the East and the West now. Sure. And then even you, you, even with the Houston Rockets, I mean, they started out rocky. Obviously, that fight with the Lakers early in the season and then, you know, Carmelo and, and, and Houston not finding a rhythm and, you know, Carmelo most likely on his way out. December 15th is when he'll be able to move or, or rather when the Houston Rockets can make a trade and he can make some things happen in that regard. He can resume back to playing. He's back here in New York trying to make some things happen on, on his development. Um, but 9-11, and 11, uh, they've lost four straight, but I mean, the eighth seed in the, in the NBA's Western Conference is ten and nine, and the Dallas Mavericks hold that spot. Uh, the Rockets are nine and eleven. So, I mean, there's so much basketball left to play, man. I, I think people look at those records and think, "Oh, man, it's the end of the world." Nah, you still got time. We see. You mentioned Melo, Houston. We see problems with camaraderie in the locker room. You know, um, is it like the current climate that's causing this? Is there just more microphones and cameras reporting it? Um. Microphones, cameras, sources. 
Um, and I just think that in the NBA now, um, you're just hearing about a lot more stuff. Like Michael Jordan today uh, would be toast if he, if he, with the, some of the things that I've heard stories about and things that have gone on during his era were, were, were just in the 24 7 news sports vector uh, that we live in. So I just think more eyes, more attention. And there is something very WWE like about the NBA now, because in addition to the actual game, there's storylines and people on the microphone and people talking smack. Social media becomes that buffer in that regard. And so I just think that as it relates to the Houston Rockets, for example, um, Nello might be out, but if you really just take an analysis of what happened, I mean, again, you had the fight between the Lakers and the, and the, um, and the Rockets and, you know, Chris Paul sat out for a significant amount of time. You know, then James Harden was, was, was hurt for a little while and was, it was come back. And they depended on Carmelo Anthony to kind of just be the scoring machine. Um, and he's a little older, but Carmelo was still a skilled player. And so I don't think it's necessarily – you know, somebody had to be a fall guy early in the season. You know, and in addition to that, you lost Trevor Reza. You lost Luke Rashard Bamute. You, you traded Ryan Anderson. There's a lot of stuff going on. That same type of controversy affected the Lakers early on in the season. They lost to Portland in the opening game, and you know, but they finally got themselves together. You know, it was talking Luke Walton possibly being out, you know, fired, and the Lakers kind of buckled down. And they added a, a savvy vet in Tyson Chandler, uh, who was able to spell uh, Javel McGee in minutes, and things have uh, been fine. Like the reason I was asking because you know Jimmy Butler, Carmelo, John Wall, Bill, and everything going on over there. I just been seeing a lot of problems with camaraderie. The Wizards seem to turn the corner, um, but is it just a bunch of guys that think they're on the on the trade block and just trying to play well for their trade value to boost up, or did they really find some camaraderie here after the first – it took about 20 games? Yeah, but to talk about the Wizards, I mean, it seems like um, every team has gone through a storyline ringer. You know, I want to I want to take a, a sticky pad and put a placeholder there for one second – the Rockets were that team. The Lakers were that team. Um, the Sixers are that team. Um, the Celtics, to be honest with you, are, 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 you know, they won a game the other night, but they're a team that's going to start to be under the microscope, and I give them till Christmas. So then you, you look at, you look at, um, you look at um, the Warriors. The Warriors were that team. Um, and so the Timberwolves were that team before the season even started. So as, as the season continues to go on, it's this round robin of um, just teams that are on the, under the microscope. So, so to the Washington Wizards' point, I mean, you got issues with John Wall um, and, and stuff that he said to head coach Scott Brooks. You got uh, reports of of of, um, of 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 players wanting to be traded, uh, and then you got this Dwight Howard situation. So and I, ain't touching, I ain't touching it. But what this is what I'll say: <laughs> I think that at the end of the day, certain people. Uh, function well in chaos and right, uh, right. maybe the Wizards are one of those teams and um, you know I, I watched them during the course of last season and, and you know I just said to myself man these guys got too many guys too many talented guys on that team to be playing beneath their privilege and then comes Dwight Howard and then you know Dwight Howard puts up numbers I mean he did that in Charlotte last year he he, he still did it in, in Houston but you know then there's 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 talk about just his personality in the locker room. I can't really speak to that. I don't know Dwight Howard incredibly well, um, but you know he's a guy that 
I could see playing until he's 40, just like I see Brooke Lopez playing until he's 40. But um, the Wizards got to get themselves together, man, because they got a lot of talent on that team, whether you want to admit it or not. Maybe that trade distraction is, is a step in the right direction to get them to play above their privilege. A lot of talent, a lot of talent for sure. And you hear you hear rumblings of like Bradley Bale to the Lakers, but I just don't see what's in it for the um, Wizards because he's so young. The team seems to like him. They feel he's a high character guy. Like who who would be able to, who would the Lakers be able to offer to make to even make sense of that? You know, I met Bradley Bale um, in February out in L.A. Uh, during All Star Weekend uh, and, and talked to him about just his game. Man, I, I told him, man, you're young, keep going. Um, you you, right. you know, you really saw him. Uh, step up in John Wall's absence uh, due to the injury last season. And it's kind of like you look at Bradley Bill and what he did when John Wall was out. It, it, in, a, in, a, in a more grander stage, it reminds me so much of when Carmelo Anthony was out and Jeremy Lin uh, rose to the occasion during the Linsanity era. Certain players, they can't play well together. Right. Um, and so, you know, on an even grander stage of Bradley Bill and John Wall, I looked at – um. Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant in that way. Like, I never thought that the two of them together could win a championship during their time together with the Thunder. And one was going to have to leave in order for the other one to stake, stake their claim. They both had to have their own situation. Right. It's crazy because James, James was there too. <laughs> well, I see, I, I think James was the buffer. Right. Because, because James – doesn't mind playing off the ball because I feel like James Harden was a more improved Tracy McGrady. That's or interesting. More, or more polished Tracy McGrady. Yeah, T Mac was a bigger player, but I could I, definitely skill wise, I could see the more polished part for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I think that that 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder um, didn't win the championship, but they were going against a high powered, high octane uh, Miami Heat with LeBron James and and, and Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosh. So. That wasn't going to happen. Had they stayed together, yeah, I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, with those three guys of, of uh, Westbrook, uh, Durant, and uh, Harden were the modern-day Orlando Magic. That what if. Last episode, you kind of spoke to the fact that you feel that KD will go to the Lakers. you know. And now I'm seeing on your Twitter, on your Instagram, saying Anthony Davis to the Lakers. So should we expect KD – and Anthony Davis on the Lakers next season with LeBron? Um, from the folks that I'm speaking with, uh, it could happen. Um, That's crazy. And the biggest thing is the Lakers are wanting to be aggressive and going after Anthony Davis now um, so that they can complete that circle um, in order to get Kevin Durant in free agency. Now, what I'll add is this. Um, as much as I've spoke highly of my source who indicated that Kevin Durant will join the Lakers. The NBA is really pushing this whole uh, romanticism of uh, a a return to a Lakers-Celtics rivalry. Uh, We saw that within the last seven years when Kobe and and, and Garnett and and Allen and Pierce did it uh, in 2008. But what I'll add is um, as much as the Anthony Davis situation in L.A. is fluid, um, the Boston Celtics are still a viable option. I'm more concrete on Kevin Durant than I am Anthony Davis, um, mainly because the Boston Celtics have so many tradable assets uh, that could go in the direction of the Pelicans. But it, it's still a fluid situation, and we'll see what happens. But, yes, I, I did report uh, a couple of weeks ago that 
uh, Anthony Davis and this and the Lakers is a realistic possibility uh, based off my intel. Any possibility that he stays where he's at? Uh, I think the only way that he'll stay is that if they if they win. And right. uh, you look at that roster right now, uh, it's it's kind of depleted uh, post uh, Boogie Cousins leaving. But the crazy thing about it is, man, I was so really cheering uh, for Julius Randle uh, in that right. situation. I like Julius Randle. I was disappointed Julius Randle left the Lakers. He plays really well whenever he's on the court, and now he's getting even more of an opportunity, which is great. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Last time we were on, we had a, some great throwback conversations like Grant Hill, Penny, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Um, who do you feel is a better player, man, Scotty Pippen or D. Wade? As much as I like Scotty's game, I feel like I have to edge it to Wade because he was actually the best player on his championship team. How do you feel about it? Um, well, if you're basing it off championships, it'd be easy to say uh, Scotty Pippen, but here's the thing. When Michael Jordan retired to go play baseball, Scotty Pippen averaged 22 points a game. Right. And they lost to the Knicks in the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Knicks ended up, ended up playing against uh, the Houston Rockets in the 94 uh, NBA Finals and lost. Um, Dwayne Wade has led the Miami Heat on his own to the 06 chip when they were down to the, to the, to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And exactly. The thing about it is when you look at Wade, I was thoroughly impressed with his play, his rookie season, when he hit that, that game-winning jumper over Barry. And right. in, the, in the playoffs as a rookie, um, Dwayne Wade was on a fast track to NBA stardom in the same way I look at Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Right. And right. when Wade got Shaq, it was a wrap. Right. And when you when Wade had Lamar Oden, Ray for Austin, et cetera, um, you saw the you saw the potential. I'm saying all that to say. I look at Michael Jordan, I look at Scottie Pippen, and I look at the legacy of the Bulls. That was Michael's team. That wasn't Scottie Pippen's team. Um, but Scottie Pippen helped Michael on the weak side a lot. I think Michael Jordan gets a lot of praise for defensive prowess, but he has Scottie Pippen helping him a lot. I mean, and, and I think Scottie Pippen revolutionized the characteristic of a, of a point forward. Um, and there's the reason why a lot of guys are, are playing that position, why LeBron James is the small forward running the offense and Luke Walton's uh, Lakers uh, offense. Um, all that being said, they played two different positions, but their impact was different. I don't think Michael could have won six championships by himself had he not had Scottie Pippen, but Dwayne Wade was just a dynamic talent, and I'm giving the edge to Wade only because of the way he led that team. Agreed. I agreed 100%. I think the separating factor is what you just said. He was just the best player on a championship team, and I think that gives him the edge. Um, yep. Scoop, man. Thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. You know you're always welcome back on the show. Just let me know, man. Hit me up. I'll hit you up, and we'll get it done. Yes, sir. For sure, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Anytime, Scoop. Talk to you soon. All right, my man. Later. There it is, episode 34. Hope you enjoyed the show. Big shouts to Scoop B. If you would like some combo holiday socks or a Just Drew It shirt, hit me on the gram. Also, it would mean the world to me if you share this episode with your friends and on your social media platforms. So go share it, man. I would truly appreciate it. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe as well. See you next Tuesday. Combo out.